Hello, everybody. Let's have a rant, shall we? So uh, you're bored, I'm bored. It's the uh, corona apocalypse, and we got nothing going on. A few of you guys have asked me about this story with Tyson Fury and UK anti-doping. So apparently a farmer there in the UK uh, from Preston, Martin Carefoot is this man's name. And he has come forward saying that back a few years ago, Tyson Fury or a member of Tyson Fury's crew, apparently, offered to pay him £25,000 to provide a false alibi as it relates to Fury and the whole Nandrolone thing. Him, Tyson, and Huey Fury, I should say. It's not just Tyson that uh, had positive tests for Nandrolone uh, back in 2015. I believe February of 2015. And so this pops up now. This story pops up now because Carefoot is claiming, let me see if I can find uh, his actual quote here. I don't want to misquote the man. Uh, he says that he was never paid the 25,000 pounds, mind you, and he's sick of all the lies. He says uh, in a statement to UCAD a few years ago, he says, I supplied a range of animal meats and awful to Team Fury, including wild boar and pigs. But now he's saying, no, no, no. I didn't mean any of that, even though it was an official statement. Now he's saying, quote-unquote, I have never kept wild boar. I have never killed a wild boar. And if I suppose I had to, uh, I was in too deep. If he said, Okay, so let me back up. When he was asked if he had been willing to commit per perjury for the Furies, he said, I suppose if I'd had to, I was in too deep. They were dangling this carrot. I thought, you're only going to get 25 grand for this. It's not a hanging matter, so I went along with it. I feel sick of the lies and deceit, and the public needs to know the truth. Okay, so obviously Frank Warren and everybody at MTK Global, uh, Frank Warren actually said, this is total bullshit. This story is total bullshit. Mauricio Suleiman of the WBC basically said, I don't give a shit because this took place back in 2015 before Fury was fighting for the WBC title anyway. We did Vada testing for him in the Wilder fights and everything came back clean on both fighters. So I don't really give a shit. This has no impact on us. So that's what I got here, guys. Now, I find this funny. I find this funny because all of a sudden there's a certain group of people who never gave a shit about this story, and maybe weren't even aware of this story, because they just came to boxing recently, who all of a sudden are huge advocates of anti-doping testing, and th this is a big, big deal. All of a sudden, they really care. That shit annoys the hell out of me. You guys who follow me, some of you watching, I see here in some of the comments, some of you guys are new to my channel, some of you guys are new to my work. But those of you who have followed me, not just here on my channel, but my writing for The Ring magazine, Boxing Monthly magazine, my interviews, I've been very consistent about my viewpoints on Tyson Fury as it relates to this entire debacle between him, UK Anti-Doping, that's UCAD, the BBB of C, that is the British Board of Boxing Control, that's, we'll just call that the British Commission, and Nandrolone. And this whole wild boar excuse. This all took place from like 2015 to 2017. I've been very consistent on my stance on this. And I took some heat for it. I took a lot of heat for it. So I'm not going to completely go over every single nuance of that case. But I want to give you guys a quick breakdown 
of what took place so that we can get to present day when this Martin Carefoot character comes forward, not before Tyson Fury's comeback, not before uh, his first fight with Deontay Wilder, when Wilder and his people in the American fight press and his fans needed Tyson Fury to look good. This dude comes forward now, less than a month after Tyson Fury beats Wilder, goes against the plan, and uh, becomes the legitimate heavyweight champion. This is several years after the supposed incident between Carefoot, this farmer, and, uh, and Tyson Fury's crew. I don't know about you guys, but let's just say his story's true, okay? And I'm not going to... I'll get into how I feel about him in a minute here. But let's just assume the story's true. Let's put yourself in the shoes of this Martin Carefoot individual. If it were me, and I was promised 25,000 pounds three years ago, three, four years ago, whenever it was, by Tyson Fury's people, and I watched this dude come back and sign a very lucrative deal, not just with, of course, he was with Frank Warren and Queensberry Promotions, but MTK Global and then Top Rank, and get this huge three-fight series with Deontay Wilder where he's making tens of millions of dollars, right? And headlining cards in Las Vegas in the USA on ESPN. I don't know about you guys, but I sure as hell wouldn't be going to the media right now. I'd get a crew of some friends together, and I'd come hot, you know what I'm saying? I'd be packing heat, seven in the clip, one in the chamber, and I'd be knocking on somebody's door saying, guess what, motherfucker? You owe me 25,000 pounds. You never paid up. Well, guess what? There's compound interest on that now that you just collected over $25 million and you're set up for this lucrative third fight with Wilder. You owe me 100,000 pounds right now, dude, or I'm going to the press. That would be me if I was Martin Carefoot. But instead, he's above the money now, and he's going to the press. More about that in a second. Super Chat Pledge on the YouTube chat here from Toby Morell. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Toby. He says, hey, Mike, have you ever seen a fan base like Wilders are reacting to the way uh, to this loss against Tyson Fury? They're completely trying to destroy Fury's reputation. It's sad. Toby, I, I honestly can't think of anything like this before. The only thing that kind of comes close, and it's nowhere near to this level, but it kind of comes close, is when Manny Pacquiao lost to Floyd Mayweather. And look, that was a shit fight. It was the dud of the century. It was terrible. I get it. But Floyd Mayweather clearly won that fight. Now, there's the whole IV gate thing. There were unethical things going on between him, the Nevada Commission, and USADA, which is a joke. Yes, plenty of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. But in the ring... Floyd Mayweather clearly beat Manny Pacquiao. And some of Pacquiao's fans just went beyond the level of indecency online, attacking guys like me. Uh, not that I'm the biggest Floyd Mayweather supporter, by the way. Um, you know, our thoughts should be with Floyd Mayweather and his family right now. Roger Mayweather just passed away. And as you guys know, recently, uh, the mother of several of Floyd's children passed away recently too so he's had a very tough time regardless of how you feel about Floyd as a human being as it relates to his issues with women and domestic violence and racism and some of the things he said about Asian people and all. look that's tough so everyone's thoughts should be with the Mayweather family right now that and rest in peace to those individuals okay so anyway yeah 
That's the closest thing I can think to this situation. But it, it still does not compare. There was a lot of bullying from Pacquiao fans, particularly online, on YouTube and stuff. This is far beyond that. The difference here is it's not just Deontay Wilder fans. There are certain members of the, what I would call, fringe boxing press, but also a couple of the legitimate fight press. And that's a term I'm going to use a lot in this video. Legitimate fight press. That... Uh, empathize with Wilder and and the platform he fights under and have an agenda to promote them because they're paid. It's a trickle-down thing, but they are essentially paid by them. So uh, they're giving a platform to these whack-job conspiracy theory people. And that's what's dangerous about this whole thing. And that's why I wanted to do this video. Um, by the way, in this video, I'm going to piss off Tyson Fury fans. I'm going to piss off Deontay Wilder fans. I'm going to piss a lot of you motherfuckers off on every side of this damn thing. That's what I do. That's why, you know, it's held against me sometimes. But I will tell you what, more often than not, I'm vindicated in the end. There's a pattern going on here that I've noticed several times related to several different stories over the last, I don't know, five or so years, okay? It's not just with this story, but several I could talk about, where motherfuckers don't jump on here and, and really start talking about a story until it's opportunistic for them to get clicks or until it's safe for them to do it. You guys who follow me, you know I've been very consistent about how I feel about this case. In 2018 and 2019, I was trolling the hell out of ESPN and their entire crew calling Deontay, or I'm sorry, Tyson Fury the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. You guys know my opinions on all that. And I'll, I'll repeat it in just a minute here for those of you who are new to me and my work. But I've been consistent about this, and I took a lot of heat for it. Now everyone's pretending that they give a shit. Now they're all pretending that this is a big story, and they care about performance-enhancing drugs testing. Hilarious! Hilarious! But they're getting their clicks, they're making their money. Me, I'm just trying to do honest work. Speaking of journalistic work from the <coughs> legitimate fight media... I just released a piece today on ringtv.com. I just talked to Jamel Semperfy Herring about his upcoming fight with Carl Frampton. So be sure to go check that out. Jamel Herring, one of my favorite people in all of boxing. Just a great guy. Great man. And a damn good fighter. So make sure you guys check that out. We got a super chat pledge from Aaron Hammond. Thank you so much, Aaron. He says, will Canelo skip Saunders and go straight to Triple G? You're off topic, Aaron. <laughs> but... Because you did it in a super chat, uh, hey, no harm, no foul. It's looking like that's a very real possibility, Aaron. So we'll go off topic for just a few seconds here, guys, and get back to the topic. But the uh, zone, John Skipper, and everyone at the zone has been trying to negotiate a multi-fight deal with Canelo, where it's like, look, you're going to fight Saunders, then Triple G. We want that rubber match. We want that rubber match this year, this September. And then possibly a fight with Ryota Murata in Tokyo because the rights fees for that would work out very well for the zone and everybody involved, especially if it really does take place over in Tokyo. That would be awesome right before uh, New Year's, which over in Japan, they have a history of doing fight cards at that time. If there was an injury or something, okay, then it gets pushed back to early next year. But that was what the zone wanted. And there is a sticking point 100% on the Canelo side. Uh, as it comes to the the rubber match with Golovkin, and that's what took. That's why there are so many delays. 
with all the coronavirus stuff and all the delays, it's not even known yet whether a fight May 2nd between Canelo and Saunders, which is pretty much agreed to in principle, can happen. We don't know if it can happen. The NSAC, the Nevada Commission, who I'll talk about a lot in this video, uh, they have a hearing next week, I believe next Wednesday. And depending on what happens there, that's going to have a, a trickle-down effect with the rest of the boxing industry. So depending on what happens in that hearing and what their decision is going forward, we might get Canelo Saunders in May, and then we get the rubber match between Canelo and Golovkin in September, or that fight might be skipped and we go right into the rubber match in September. So we got to sit tight and see what happens with NSAC. And this whole coronavirus thing is just messed everything up, okay? Beyond Canelo's diva shit. So hopefully that answered your question, Aaron. Um, okay, back to subject. So again, I'm not going to go over every single nuance of this case, guys. I invite you to go back, do some work, okay? Go on Google. And some of you have asked about phone calls. We're going to take phone calls in a few minutes. Sit tight for a minute and let me get this rant out and then we'll do a couple phone calls, okay? But go on Google and do some searches and go back and look at legitimate fight press uh, articles on this story. If you want to look at some YouTube material that isn't clickbait bullshit with a political slant, I invite you to look at some of the videos I've done on this story and go back and just look at some of the whether it's interviews I've done on other platforms, other podcasts, radio channels, whatever, where I give my opinion on this or where I talk about it on my, my own podcast. Okay, I've been very consistent and I laid out all the facts before. But just real quick overview. So go back to 2015. We're going back five years, guys, five years. Early 2015, I can't remember the exact date, but I do remember it was February of 2015. Tyson Fury fights Christian Hammer. This was an uh, elimination fight, and I can't remember if it was the IBF or I think maybe it was the WBO. I can't remember which title, but it was for one of Vladimir Klitschko's unified titles. This was an elimination fight. Tyson Fury wins, okay? Uh, so he went, I think it was a retirement stoppage win or something like that. And then Tyson Fury, this is in February. He ends up facing Klitschko as a mandatory in November. Okay, so nine months of space there. Keep that in your mind now. This stuff matters. Nine months. So apparently UCAD, UK Anti-Doping, was doing some random testing during the month of February. I can't remember the exact dates off the top of my head. Again, go Google this stuff, okay? But, okay, so a couple of you guys are saying WBO in the chat. Yeah, I think it was for the WBO title. Uh, mandatory, I should say. But the same month that Fury fought Hammer, I don't know if it was the day of the fight or just before the fight, whatever, but I, I do remember it was the same month. It was February of 2015. They collected a sample it ends up testing positive for nandrolone. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole rant about nandrolone, but it's an old school uh, anabolic. It's been banned forever. It's not something generally that you get in a uh, tainted meat or that you farmers don't use it in their livestock. You don't get it from uh, an over-the-counter supplement that you get at the drugstore or something, okay? It, it, people that use that shit are doping. Okay, I, I can't think of an example where somebody tested positive for Nandrolone and they, they weren't doping. It's a bad one to test positive for. All right. Again, you guys are asking about calls. Yes, give me about 15 minutes and then you can get on some calls, okay? So we test positive, but UCAD doesn't tell anybody. 
UCAD doesn't make... Now, what we don't know is if Team Fury's team knew. We don't know that. What we don't know is if the British Commission knew. But I can tell you this. Vladimir Klitschko's team did not know. The international fight media did not know. And the sanctioning organization, the WBO, did not know. Because if the WBO knew that their mandatory had tested positive for steroids, they would have stripped him of his mandatory status and either suspended him or put him on some sort of probationary testing program. And I should also be clear about this. UCAD does not do a full anti-doping program the way VADA does. And you guys know there is a distinction between VADA's clean boxing program with the WBC. That's kind of basically what UCAD does. And then there's the full VADA program that fighters can sign on for, which is basically like Olympic-style drug testing during the time span that you're actually signed up to do it. It's the closest thing in all of sports we have to true Olympic-style drug testing. Now, if you sign up to do it for two months before a fight, it's only two months before a fight. But it is Olympic-style drug testing in the sense that uh, you're getting uh, urine-tested, blood-tested. Sometimes multiple samples are collected a day. You might give dozens of samples during a fight camp to VADA to be tested, okay? If you're doing, that's not what took place here. This was a random sample or two taken during the month of February. One of them pops for Nandrolone. Nobody is made aware. And it's not as if there was a month or two between the Christian Hammer fight and the Vladimir Klitschko fight. There were nine months. Now, UCAD, what little credibility they had. And there are several cases with UCAD that I can point to where I can tell you guys they have a horrible history. Their adjudication process is terrible. They are shady as hell. They make USADA look legitimate. Okay, they as bad as USADA is. USADA's light years better than UCAD. UCAD is dog shit. So the next time a promoter says, "Oh, our fighters clean. We're doing UCAD testing," you push back on them. Whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, push back on them and say, "I don't give a shit about UCAD." The, the shit I took with my morning coffee has more value than UCAT. Okay, that's the truth. But what little credibility they had coming into this situation, they completely shredded it with their gross mishandling of it. I see a couple of you guys on the phone lines right now. Please uh, drop off the phone lines right now, guys. Let's reopen the phone lines in a couple. Give me a few minutes to get this rant out, okay? Call back in about 10 minutes or so. So uh, where was I? UCAT. Okay. I want to kind of put this into perspective. Go back a couple years, guys, to when Canelo Alvarez tested positive for clenbuterol with VADA. Okay, and this was going to be this was the Nevada Commission because it was going to be the fight was going to be held. The rematch between Canelo and Golovkin was going to be held in Las Vegas, Nevada. So they, he tested positive. I can't remember exactly when, but it was literally a month or two, maybe two months. After they Vada had collected samples, two samples from Canelo, the results came back that they were positive for clenbuterol. Immediately, not only is Canelo's team told, but the commission, the Nevada Commission, NSAC is told, and Golovkin's team is told, and eventually the news comes out uh, to the media. Full disclosure, well before. The actual fight was supposed to take place. This didn't take nine months. It took a month or two because Vada actually knows what the fuck they're doing. So this comes out 
And then what ends up happening, you guys know the, the, the rematch gets pushed back and everything else. Basically, Golovkin and his team were given the, the, the news, so they knew what to do and they could prepare and they could decide what they want to do. They could have walked away from the rematch if they wanted. As it turns out, there was an extended uh, one-year, 365-day program instituted by the Nevada Commission that Canelo agreed to, and a retroactive suspension. And here's the part that you guys need to remember. NSAC's suspension of Canelo was retroactive to the days, the actual date that the dirty samples were collected by VADA. Why does that matter? I'll get into that in just a second with UCAD and Tyson Fury. It shows you just how corrupt this entire situation is. By the way, there's more coming because I'm going to get to present day and how it relates to Deontay Wilder. Because none of this, none of this should count against Tyson Fury with his victory over Deontay Wilder. But it's being used by opportunistic YouTube social media butt-fucking hacks to discredit his win. So we'll get to that, okay? But that's, let's go back a few years to UCAB. So in February 2015, Fury tests positive for steroids. UCAB doesn't tell anybody. Doesn't tell the sanctioning organization that made him a mandatory. Keep in mind, UCAB is UK doping. The BBBFC is the British Commission. Where's Tyson Fury from? <clears throat> I wonder what's going on here. So the WBO isn't made aware Vladimir Klitschko isn't made aware. The German Commission, which had, the, which sanctioned, of course, the Klitschko-Fury fight, wasn't made aware. The entire international fight press wasn't made aware. Nine months go by, Fury fights Klitschko, wins. 2016, the rematch between, the contractually obligated rematch between Vladimir Klitschko, because he had a rematch clause, and Tyson Fury, goes in effect. They had, I'm trying to think of the date, uh, I think it was July of 2016 is when the rematch was supposed to happen, okay? Suddenly, and by the way, Vladimir Klitschko says, yo, for the rematch, something didn't look right in that first fight. I don't know what was going on, but I heard some things off the record, because people talk. We're going to do VADA testing for this rematch. No clean, clean boxing program didn't exist. But it was full Olympic-style drug testing through VADA for the rematch. And Tyson Fury had to agree to it because per the rematch clause, Klitschko's side, even though he lost the first fight, had the leverage. And he said, we're doing full VADA testing for this fight. Fury had no choice. He had to agree to it. So he did. So there's VADA testing for the second fight, but also it's tentatively scheduled for, I think, uh, July 2016. Now, about a month or so before that, I believe in June, Tyson Fury claimed he had a quote-unquote ankle injury and could not do the rematch with Klitschko. They had to push it back. Crazy enough, coincidentally, what a coincidence, the very same day as this ankle injury, UCAD comes out and says, oh, by the way, guys, this guy tested positive for steroids over a year ago. Right at the same time. Isn't that funny? I just, man, I just can't believe the way that happened. Anyway, so UCAD comes out and charged him. Uh, and then the fight ends up getting postponed again in September. This is September now. Because Tyson Fury claimed that he was, med- or I should say his team, claimed that he was quote-unquote medically unfit to fight. Interestingly enough, right around the same time, this is, uh, man, wow, all these coincidences, Vada comes out and says, oh yeah, by the way, this guy tested positive for cocaine. So, (laughs) 
This is 2016. So the rematch with Klitschko blows up, okay? And I'm not going to play amateur psychologist there. It seems to me there is some self-sabotage and looking for a way out there because certain parties knew what was coming. The hammer was about to be dropped. But we'll just leave that where it is. 2017, two years after the alleged incident, well over two years after Fury tests positive for Nandrolone, what ends up happening is... UCAD settles with him, basically, because by this point, Fury's license was stripped by the British Commission. We had stripped him at Ring Magazine of his heavyweight championship. All the sanctioned organizations had stripped him. He had been out of the ring for over two years. Um, You guys know the story there and all the details about his personal life, the weight gain, all that. Okay, They end up, UCAD, here's the thing. Fury and his team, he spent most of his career earnings, basically, or was willing to, to go after UCAD and sue them and pursue legal action to get licensed again because, and he really had leverage here. His team was able to say, dude, you guys grossly mishandled this. How the hell are you going to say I tested positive for some shit in February, but you don't tell us until 2016? There's no, there's no recourse here. You have no no leg to stand on because you wait oh, a year and a half. Who knows the, the chain of custody of the samples you collected over that time. You've completely screwed this up. So you know what? I'm going after you. Basically, UCAD almost could have been bankrupted in that situation defending themselves. They were in a bad spot because they had so grossly mishandled this entire case. So they basically settled, and they said, look, we're going to give you a retroactive suspension. Now, here's the funny part. Their retroactive suspension doesn't go back to the date of the samples, the the date of the negative tests. That would have been February of 2015. No, it goes back to just after Fury beat Klitschko. Remember, he beat him in November, and it goes retroactive to December of 2015. Do you think that was UCAD's original proposition? Or do you think they probably were going to follow the protocol every other testing authority or governing body would and make the suspension retroactive to the day that the actual samples were collected? But obviously Tyson Fury's team, and this is speculation, guys. I wasn't in the courtroom. I wasn't there for the proceedings. But I'm just telling you the way these things work. Obviously, they were like, nah. You ain't taking our title win from us, bro. You're going to back this shit up to December of 2015 so we can still claim we're the lineal champion of the world and whoever wants to believe that shit and roll with it, cool. And that's what they did. Again, compare that to the Canelo alvarez Clembuterol situation where NSAC, who actually knows what the fuck they're doing, and mind you, I, I criticize NSAC all the time when they get it wrong when it comes to some of their judges and officials, but in this case... They did it the right way, and their suspension of Canelo Alvarez was retroactive to the dates that actual samples were collected that ended up being positive for clenbuterol. But here with UCAD, they don't do that. It's retroactive to just after he beats Vladimir Klitschko, which just happened to be nine months after testing positive for steroids. How grossly incompetent and corrupt are these people over there? Just completely incompetent and corrupt. Fast forward to Tyson Fury's comeback. And in 2018 and 2019, you guys saw me trolling the shit out of ESPN. Because every three seconds you had to hear, lineal, lineal, lineal. Dan Raphael, who I respect as a writer, 
went in with the whole lineal thing. Joe Tessitore, who I respect a lot as a commentator, one of the best in the business. The whole crew over at ESPN and Top Rank. Lineal, lineal, lineal. Just glancing over everything I just told you guys. Because it's convoluted and it's difficult to go over. And I understand a lot of casual boxing fans, they don't have the time to research any of that. And there's so much misinformation. It's so much easier to listen to the bigwigs them telling you the propaganda than to come to a niche guy like myself and get the actual truth. So I took a lot of heat for that shit, right? And my phone didn't ring for a while. People that actually, you know, call me to do some work, that shit dried up for a while. It's starting to ring again, luckily for me. But for a while there, yeah, the phone calls dried up because I was telling the truth about this. No one else was. And guess what? The American fight press that is in bed with PBC and Deontay Wilder, there are certain members, actual legitimate press members in bed with them, that needed Tyson Fury to look like a good W, they went along with that whole propaganda machine because they needed Deontay, in their mind, they were going to beat Tyson Fury once, twice, maybe three times, and that was going to look like this great win for Deontay Wilder. And so you can't talk about this history of doping and everything that was going on in 2015. You can't put an asterisk over that Vladimir Klitschko win because you need that whole lineal thing as part of your propaganda machine. So the PBC was in bed with this just as much as top rank in ESPN. All the guys at Fox were in bed with it just as much as the guys over at ESPN, right? And Showtime too. That whole crew. All of them. All of them kind of just played along and did this dance. But now that this story drops, again, this what's this dude's name? Martin Carefoot. He didn't come out with this shit right before the first Fury Wilder fight. He didn't come out with it right before the second one. He came out with it right after Tyson Fury won. Interesting timing. And now all of these people who didn't give a flying motherfucker about this story for two, three, four years, suddenly it's front page news to them. And they're all talking about it. Isn't it funny how that shit works? And the one guy who was over here talking about the OG on this fucking story, who was actually talking about it honestly and objectively, forget about him. So that's just the way these things work. Let me give my opinion on this whole uh, Martin dude. Look, Again, I get at the top of the video, guys, I'll repeat it real quick. He talked about, I was offered 25,000 pounds. They didn't pay me. That's why I'm coming out now. I'm just sick of the lies. Dude, you had four years of not getting paid to be sick of the lies and come out. Tyson Fury signed a very lucrative deal with top rank. I think it was, was it late 2018, early 20, I think it was early 2019, actually. He signed a very lucrative deal. Why not come out then? If you're a... Let's just assume Martin Carefoot is a crooked guy and he's willing to lie. Dude, show up at their doorstep and say, look, I'm going to the press, dude, unless you up that 25 G's to 100 G's. And again, I ain't showing up alone if I'm Martin because I don't want to wind up dead in the ditch somewhere. I'm showing up with a few of my boys and we're all packing heat, loaded chamber, right? Or loaded clip, one in the chamber. All of us are showing up saying, dude, you better quadruple that shit or I'm going to the press. Doesn't that make more sense? They're coming out now to the press just after this upset victory. It was an upset victory, let's be clear. Uh, for no money. He, he ain't getting paid for this. 
This is the same dude that apparently was going to take 25K to, to, to shut up. And mind you, this dude gave a sworn affidavit, a statement to UCAN, which is a government authority, and the BBBFC, a government authority, over there in the UK. So this dude went on the record for 25K, and four years later, he comes out for free. I don't buy it. So let me be clear about this. Do I think Tyson Fury was doping in 2015? Have I always put an asterisk over that Vladimir Klitschko win? Yes. Yes. There was some shady shit going on back then. However, and this is the distinction. However, it ain't got a goddamn thing to do with his victories over Deontay Wilder. There was Vada testing for the first fight. There was Vada testing for this rematch. And so the dude was clean. Whatever he did in the past, he's made up for it. He's cleaned up his act. He's living right. He's staying in shape between fights. The dude just ran a half marathon this weekend. Okay, he tweeted about it. He's in shape still. He's not blowing up to 400 pounds and shit. He learned his lesson and cleaned up his act. So do I put an asterisk over the Klitschko win? Yes, I do. Do I maintain that there is a gross mishandling by the UK authorities and that top rank Queensberry Promotions, MTK Global, and the entire PBC collective and their friends in the American fight press all went along with this narrative to keep this shit hush-hush under the rug? Yes. Is there almost nobody talking about this in the legitimate fight media other than me and a handful of other guys? Yes. However... It doesn't have a goddamn thing to do with the wins, I would say wins, over Deontay Wilder, especially in this rematch. And it's, this is an opportunistic situation for people that cannot handle Fury's win over Wilder. They're using this as a way to discredit this man right now. That's fucked up. I ain't going to stand for it. That's why I'm sitting here ranting. I'm not sitting here saying, yay, pat myself on the back. Yay for me. I was fucking right. I'm being vindicated. No, no, no. That's not it. It's stop clicking on these motherfucking YouTube videos. Stop following these fucking idiots on Twitter. I don't care if you're doing it to troll them. I don't care if you're retweeting this dude. I'm not even going to say his motherfucking name. This kid who I think he's transsexual. He's got braids. He just started covering boxing five seconds ago. You know, my, when you guys retweet this dude and you say, ha ha, look at this fucking moron. I admit I even did it a couple times. You're giving him a platform. Stop giving these fucking idiots platforms. Okay. If you do that, you're part of the problem. All right. Let me go to a couple phone calls here, guys. All right, 447, you're on the neutral corner. Well, this isn't the neutral corner. This is Montero Rants. Go. Yeah, hello, Montero. Mike, I just can't stop laughing. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, it's going all right, man. I'm starting to get mad now the more I think about this shit. Can you tell? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was funny. That was funny. I agree with pretty much everything you said. Although, I, I did, I do think there is a. Um, two sides to the story regarding that Fury doping uh, scandal, which was back in uh, back in 2015, because I read about this. I think you tweeted in September 2019. And someone posted, I think replied to your tweet. I remember I read the thread, but I think UCAT did post something that 
after the February 2015, uh, whatever, fi- uh, address finding that he, Fury and both Klitschko were tested from May 11th to July 16th, I think October 8th, November 17th, and October 17th. Right, but Hamed, let me interrupt you for just a second. They they did, okay? UCAD was, but this is, again, it's comparable to the WBC clean boxing program through VADA, where it might be one piss test a month, if that. And, dude, me and you, I could seriously, I could drink a fucking shake, like a Jarrell Big Baby Miller shake, and I could just, after that, drink two gallons of water, and I could pass a piss test right now. It's not yeah. that hard. And if you're microdosing or phasing down or cycling down, and you know how to do third-grade level math, you can beat a piss test, okay? Now, if you're having samples collected early in the morning when your urine is uh, heavily concentrated because you haven't been drinking because you've been sleeping all night, that sample is going to look different than a sample after two hours at the gym. These dudes know what they're doing. So I, I realized yeah. that UCAD was involved and, and Vada was involved. Uh, Vada wasn't involved until the rematch. So I don't really give a shit what UCAD did before the Fury-Klitschko fight, man. And to me, that's yeah. a wash. Yeah, I, I, I think, what's the word? I don't really care if someone, like, you know, is one way or the other. I just think there's more asterisks probably with the Christian Hammer fight because a course. lot of people got it mixed up. Uh, don't get me wrong. He could have also been cycling on and off just before the uh, Klitschko fight because if you look at the shape he was in, he lost a lot of weight. I, I'm, pretty, I'm not too keen with that drug, whatever Nando White does. Hamed, let me ask you this. Hamed, look at Fury's yeah. body in the Klitschko fight. Look at his body in this Deontay Wilder fight. He was stronger in this Deontay Wilder fight. He had more muscle. He was bigger. But he looked more ripped in the Klitschko fight, even though he weighed significantly less. Do the math, brother. I'm just, I've been around this shit enough. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not an expert. But I know enough of them. And there's things I know off the record that I can't say on the record. I'm telling you, something was going on. And if you're UCAD and you're giving a retroactive suspension, why the fuck do you go back to December? Why do you not go back to February when he tested hot? That's corruption, dude. Yeah. yeah so, and, but I up. say all that. I say, and I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, Hamad, because you're making valid points. I understand, but I just I want to make this clear. None of this should well, take I away from Fury's accomplishment last month against Deontay Wilder. That's a clean win, man. And these people are trying yeah. to use this case that only I gave a fuck about for the last few years. Suddenly, they care about it because they're trying to use yeah. it to discredit this man. He may, look. We all make mistakes. I've made mistakes. I've been arrested. I've, I've done, you know, there's things we've all done. And we learn from it and we get better. So I'm not trying to hold this mistake against Fury forever. But at the same time, dude, it just we can't erase yeah. what took place yeah. back in 2015. There was some shady shit going down. Yeah, I, I don't even disagree. I get where you're coming from. I was going to say this. Uh, because a lot of people think that whatever the test was after the critical, I was just saying it could have been before, it was before reported before the hammer fight, what initially, but it wasn't breaking into the media mainstream news after the critical fight. That's where I think UCAD obviously deserved to be called out. The whole way they dealt with the Dylan White situation, I agree with pretty much what you're saying. UCAD is shady, so is the British Boxing Board of Control, Terrible. and USADA as well. Yeah, I've, I've followed all this for a long time. I, I was just going to say, why is this being brought up now? Like, uh, I agree exactly. with what you're saying. Like, the, while the fight was in 2020, this was Klitschko, I was 2015. 
the guys that should be mad about this are either Team Klitschko or his fans or the Christian Hammer camp. Like Wilder had, uh, Wilder and his fans are just trying to leech on to something which had nothing to do with the second fight or even the first fight. And they've gone as far as to report that Fury tested positive when he hasn't for the right. rematch. Like the, uh, I think Ishii Smith made a good point. I think it's getting, I think, ridiculous. Now, I think there is a race coming into it because I think he was the one who was saying that some people can't accept that, like a black guy lost to a white boxer. and Which I, is I've so stupid. Some... It doesn't matter. Like, none of that shit matters. I'll, I'll tell you this, Ahmed, and then I got to let you go because I got a couple other calls here. I'll let you get the last word, though, okay? But right. I think that the whole plan here from that umbrella, PBC, Wilder, and, and their allies in the in the fight press here in America – is that they were gonna? They they saw this gumpy, oafy looking white boy from over in the UK. I'm just gonna put it out there, and they thought, oh, th- this dude, we can say he's the lineal champion. He beat Klitschko, who they ducked, who they wanted no part of, mind you. Yeah. The guy they ducked, he beat the actual guy we ducked. Oh shit! We can use him to build up our boy's name, and then we can go forward here. And the plan backfired. And now that the plan backfired, their whole fucking shit blew up. And they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So they're jumping at, reaching for straws, as they say. I'll let you get the last word on it. Yeah. Uh, Some guy who's not a bad guy. I know a YouTuber, EJ Boxing Live. He had an interview with a guy called Nicholas Asprey. I listened to that interview about 20 minutes. And he was a former Fury Spartan partner. But I realized a lot of these guys, he was accused of Fury of all sorts. Some points may be valid, like uh, Fury can get dirty inside the fight. But to go extreme with the glove situation, same as Steve Cunningham, I think some of these guys, I don't know if they've been tribalism or they just don't like Fury because a lot of this wasn't brought up before the Wilder second fight. This wasn't brought up after the first Wilder fight. It's just, I think, the way he beat up Wilder and a lot of them probably picked Wilder to win, which is nothing wrong, but I think they just can't accept the fact that Fury made Wilder look so bad and Evolder yeah. was made to look really average on the night. I think some of them just can't get over that. But thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank you, Ahmed. I appreciate it. And I think it's a great point. Look, with Steve Cunningham, I've seen Steve Cunningham post some extremely racist material calling, saying white people come from dogs and shit. Like, uh, white people aren't even human. He's posted that on, his, in, on Facebook comments. And it really, really hurt me because I used to be friends with Steve. Uh, and he's he's a good guy, but... I, I think, I don't know if it's CTE or he's just kind of lost it a little bit with some of his opinions. I also think he lost the Fury. So, of course, he's going to criticize him because he lost the Fury. <laughs> Paulie in the chat says, what about Italians? Uh, you know, us Italians, we're a mongrel race that the United States government didn't even consider Caucasian until after World War II. So I don't know where we uh, fit into this equation, my man. We're somewhere stuck in the middle. <laughs> uh, 570. Uh, you're on with me. Go. Five seven zero. Five seven zero. You're on the show. Sorry Go. about that. I, sorry okay. about that. I was on mute. <laughs> no worries, man. No, hey, it's William. Um, like, go through like because you raised a lot of things. Uh, so to like go to the first point, like people were asking you, did you ever see anything like this before? In heavyweight boxing history i haven't you and i are about the same age i haven't seen anything in my lifetime along the lines of excuse making 
that I've seen from people who are Wilder fanboys. You could go back in history and you could look at like, okay, well, maybe if social media was around when Jack Johnson lost to Jess Willard oh, oh yeah. or Ali when Frazier, Ali lost to Lewis the second time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you would see something like that, but this is ridiculous. Because yeah, they're it, coming up with every excuse they possibly can. And Steve Cunningham, you know, I remember what, uh, what Vladimir Klitschko said uh, before one of Anthony Joshua's most recent fights. He wants him to win because if he wins, then Klitschko looks better. Because Klitschko lost to him. And it's like, oh, this is the force of nature. This is just, nobody could have beat him. Why do you think but Floyd you Mayweather fans are cool with Canelo? Why are Floyd Mayweather fans like, ah, Canelo, he's all right for a fill-in-the-blank. Why do they like Canelo? Because Floyd beat him. Yeah. And it's the same, but it's, it's like you, can, you have two approaches that you can take. Well, you can be objective, but they're not going to be objective. So leave that aside. So you can take two approaches and you can be like, okay, well, I lost to Fury, and so I want Fury to lose nonstop because he's shit. That doesn't make any sense because you got beat by a shit fighter. Or you can say, well, Fury is really this good, and I lost to him because most people would lose to him. But Cunningham, like I, I shared a tweet um, like 30 minutes ago from Cunningham where he's still going on about this glove situation. I'm like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. And as, as far as like the doping situation, look, I'm a fan of Tyson Fury. I like him because he's a good boxer and I'm a fan of boxing. I'm a fan of boxing before I'm a fan of any individual fighter, whether it's Floyd Mayweather or Tyson Fury or Anthony Joshua or Lennox Lewis or whoever. But I knew at the time, like what you were talking about, that that whole that whole spiel about oh it was a wild boar that I ate <laughs> wild and that's boar. why I have I was like oh come on man you do know that saying that two true. years after the fact like, any no receipts yeah, you know no I mean, no at, at, the, yeah. at, at the time everybody knew that wasn't true right. at the time everybody knew that, that was reaching now if he was on Nangelone did that mean that that helped that that's what caused him to beat, beat Vladimir Klitschko? Eh, maybe. I mean, you know, but it's like, okay, so what's it going to do? It's going to cause your weight to come down. It's going to give you more um, uh, muscularity. It's going to increase your endurance. But is that the powers. whole reason why he beat Klitschko? No, no. Or I mean is it he yeah, fought it's, well. It's, it's he, like, he fought very well. And Klitschko, oh, yeah. I think Klitschko had an off night. I think Fury had a great night. But if there was something else going on, you know, that aided him. Uh, but so, look, yeah, to me, there's just a him, cloud of nobody suspicion. Can, nobody can quantify exactly, exactly how much it aided him. Like, exactly. did it, is that the reason why he won? Or was that something that gave him a little extra edge? Or is it even like a psychological effect? Like he knows that he's on it. Which so is very important to... he's going to be like, I can get in it. A guy who's bipolar oh, yeah. and has very depression, important. psychology is everything. 
And if you know, hey, man, oh, I got, yeah. it's like popping a Viagra before you're going into this threesome with these two chicks. I mean, normally <laughs> it's a threesome. You're going to be good. But, hey, you pop a Viagra. Just, yeah. you know, I got or a little it's, edge it's, tonight. It's, like, it's, it's just it's, a little it's edge. Like, it's, like being in, it's like being in sales and you take a Vicodin before you go to try to make a sales pitch to somebody. Exactly. And you're like, oh, I love everybody. Everything's fine right now. I'll be good. It gives you the extra sense of confidence. But leaving all that aside, to speak to your point, which I think is very, very legitimate, when you have these people who are putting out these YouTube videos and these tweets trying to appeal to this, the glove situation, which isn't even a situation. It's, that's it's, awful. That's nothing. That's a, that's a nothing burger. But when you have these people who are putting that out there like that, don't retweet them. What I'll do is I will take a screen capture of the yeah. stupid shit that they have said, and then I'll tweet that. I won't give them the benefit of a retweet because here's the thing. At the end of the day, like you mentioned before, Tyson Fury is the WBC heavyweight champion. Tyson Fury has to be in the clean boxing program with WBC. We can go back and forth about that. We can say, well, there's, there's, uh, uh, it's not as thorough as people think. That's beside the point. He's enrolled in VADA testing. He came up clean for the first fight with Wilder. He came up clean for the second fight with Wilder. Whatever he did after the Christian Hammer fight or before or, before or after the Klitschko fight, and I think that he desperately, and I'm a fan of his, but I think that he desperately wanted to get out of that second Klitschko fight. It's obvious. Because once Klitschko was in the ring with him one time, do any of us, this is a serious question, do any of us really think that Vladimir Klitschko would have made no adjustments? Exactly. That Vladimir Klitschko William, let me tell you gold this. medalist? William, let me tell you this. Fury never sparred with Klitschko. They had never sparred. Klitschko sparred with Wilder. He had him all figured out. That's why Wilder's team never went after him. Oh, yeah. But they never sparred. Those 12 rounds together. Now, if he had Emmanuel Stewart in this corner, maybe he would have got better advice. He could have made adjustments quicker. But going into that rematch, Vlad was not going to take the dude lightly. He had 12 rounds to look at. It was basically... No, he would have won. Fury wanted out of that rematch. I agree with you. And I said that from this... It's just like when AJ was going to rematch Ruiz. A lot of people are like, oh, this is crazy. Why is he doing this? He needs a buffer. He's going to get beat again. I I told everybody, AJ is going to dominate the the second fight with Ruiz. It was... He's obviously... Because he has... has AJ has the intelligence to be able to look like, hey... I fucked up here or there. Right. And he was winning rounds in those fights. In that in that first fight with Ruiz. It right. wasn't like the he situation. That's why I put up a I put up a tweet um a couple of days ago, which I think you liked, but I forget his name, but is is a sports writer and still has Wilder ranked in the same spot oh, yeah. that he had him ranked before he lost to Fury. And yeah. I'm like, Are you out of your mind? Like really? Like, how can you do that? Like, well, oh, well, AJ lost to Ruiz in the first fight. Yeah, but he put him down for the first time in his professional career. Right. And, and he I, won rounds after I, he had been I, dropped. 
It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm not remembering exactly, but I'm pretty sure that that was like maybe the first or only the second or third time that he's ever put out, put down in the entirety of his time in boxing, including the amateurs. But it was definitely the first time that he was put down in his professional career and he was winning fights. And at the time the fight was stopped, AJ was ahead at, on at least one scorecard. And here's another thing. That fight between AJ and Ruiz he got clipped on the ear with that left hook and that threw him completely off. Right. But he had four knockdowns in that fight and two or more of those knockdowns weren't actually like, Oh, you got impact and you go down. Two or more of those were just a simple fact of the matter that he had no balance left and he yeah, went his down. Legs were gone. The situation with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder is totally different. He was getting the shit beat out of him in that fight. I have watched boxing since I was four years old. I don't remember the last time I saw somebody bleeding out the damn ear. Like it was just, it was a, it was, it was a full on beat down. So whatever Tyson Fury did around the Christian hammer fight and prior to the Vladimir Klitschko fight, you and I have our suspicions. Like you said, we're not doctors. We don't know. But if you're going to give me all this data, then I'm going to think probably if I have to roll the dice on it, he was probably doing something. But that, even if he was, has nothing to do with right now. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the fact that Wilder lost the first fight. And I'm adamant about that. That should not have been a draw. He lost the first fight on points. The second fight, he got the shit beat out of him. And Tyson Fury came up clean for both of those fights. So where is your excuse? You see the analogy there when they're showing videos of the gloves from the first fight. And it's like, okay, firstly, you can see Ali's gloves doing the same thing in numerous fights throughout the 1970s. And secondly, that was the first fight. That wasn't the second fight. They're conflating so no just upon it. Yeah, William, it's desperate. Man, I gotta let you go. I got a couple more calls. Great yeah. stuff. I appreciate it, man. No problem. Have a good one, bro. All right, we got a couple more calls here, then we're gonna jump off. We've been going for almost an hour, guys. But I'll just say this for any of you out there who are saying, Mike, you're just um you just don't want to have Deontay Wilder's back and you're just um, I, I don't know. You, you're defending Fury right now to go against Wilder. Well, I invite you to go back and look at the way I reported on the Deontay Wilder, Alexander Povetkin situation, where clearly Alexander Povetkin was doing some shady shit, way more shady than anything Tyson Fury has ever done. And I reported consistently and objectively on that, defending Deontay Wilder in that situation. And once again, I took heat for it. A lot of people that subscribed to me unsubscribed overnight and called me racist against Eastern Europeans, which is fucking hilarious. And uh, called me a cuck, a cuck for the black man. This shit always has to get racial. Okay. I've been very consistent about this stuff. In that particular situation, Deontay Wilder was correct in not wanting to go near Alexander Povetkin. And I should clarify, the WBC is who uh, put 
Povetkin on a probationary basis and a testing program and everything, stripped his mandatory status, all that. But Wilder never went after Povetkin after that incident, after he tested positive, not once but twice. And I don't blame him for it. I wouldn't have either at that time, unless there was full VADA, okay? So in that situation, I defended Deontay Wilder and his fans and his supporters and the media because they absolutely made the right decision. As it relates to this situation, it is completely different. And it's okay to give someone credit when they do something right and to criticize someone when they do something wrong. That's all this is, guys. It's about ethics, and it's about being consistent. All right, guys. uh, I can't take too many more calls here. I got some assignments I got to get to. But 323, you're on with me. Go. Hey, Mike. Kaiser from Minnesota. Kaiser, what's up, man? Fury fight. Hey, how you doing? Good, brother. Uh, So I got a quick question. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about performance-enhancing drugs and when the testing starts. But I was just curious with the delay of the Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Saunders uh, announcing of the fight. Could I be uh, accurate in suspecting that someone's trying to cycle off something before they make an announcement? Because that's when the the, uh, testing starts. I I don't know. No, that's Kaiser. That's a great point. Um, A lot of fighters have done that. Uh, TBE. Did that all the time. I'm not saying he cycled on anything. I'm saying with the way he announced fights, okay? And you could you could uh, take from that what you will. But, yes, I think um, it is. it does look suspicious if a guy is delaying the announcing of a fight. And, technically speaking, the testing doesn't start until you announce the fight. With this situation, it's a little different because this deal is very complicated and it involved multiple fights. But you're absolutely correct in that, man. All right. Well, thanks. I don't have any other questions. Uh, uh, right. That the, uh, the the Hinkley fight that was fantastic, but uh, that's awesome. Uh, I can't wait to get the uh, live audience back. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Kaiser. I appreciate it, man. All right. Short and sweet. I like it. All right. We got a couple more. Keep it short and sweet, guys. And then uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Now that I've triggered everybody in the boxing world here. What's going on with my software? Okay, here we go. Uh, 317, you're on. Go. Hey, yo, what's up, Mike? It's Jack. How you doing? Jack, what's up, man? All right, so I got a few questions, and the first one is kind of uh, going to be kind of funny. So uh, when hitting the bag recently, and I, if you said no to this, I know you lied. Have you tried to, like, do the Fury wrist thing? Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, I thought about bag, posting like, a video of it, honestly, because – if you hit the bag that way on a certain shot, you'll break your fucking wrist. It's not an advantage. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it, everyone posting that has never boxed before. It's just proof of it. it, it it's ridiculous. All right, so go ahead. What's the next one, Jack? All right. Uh, you know, you look like, in my opinion, you look more like a Mike than a Michael. So does it bother you that a lot of people call you Mike or nah, man. do you not you, care? You call me shithead. You, I don't give a damn. Call, call me whatever. All right, shithead. My last <laughs> question. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, uh, you said, like I talked to you on Twitter, you said that you never saw, and I want you to be honest with me, you said you never saw Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. I mean, I know, it, I mean, it's a circus, you know, it's not a, like, it's not like Floyd going back and having a real comeback fight, but do you actually, are you actually seriously didn't watch that fight? Like he and Floyd get back in the ring after two years. I mean, it's a circus and everything, but like, why would you not watch it? 
I didn't watch it because I don't consider it a boxing match. And, and it's not me trying to be hipster or cool or edgy. You know, I, I'm not going to watch that shit, man. It's just I knew what was going to happen. I, I mean, I think the over-under was nine rounds, and that's exactly when Floyd got rid of the guy. He carried up. I've seen highlights. I've seen highlights packages that were sent. But I've never watched the fight. That being said... There are people out there that enjoy the circus, man. WWE makes a ton of money. They do very well. So if you're one of those people that enjoyed it for the circus that it was, just for the raw entertainment value, cool. And maybe one day I'll watch it, but it just it's something that, like, I have a list of things I want to watch, right? Like, I just finished Breaking Bad. That's how far behind I am on this yeah. list. All I do is work, bro. So, like, it's so far down the list. Maybe five years from now I'll watch it. The next, the next pandemic that hits when we're all isolated in our homes, I'll watch it. But uh, no, nah, I just haven't, dude. I'm being completely honest. I haven't watched it. No, nah, you're good. I, I saw you tweet something. Uh, also, you were like, uh, it was like Conor McGregor's going to uh, come back and box. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't care. And I saw the funniest <laughs> reply. I know you saw it, too. It showed a gif of Logan Paul, like some dude was tweeting. He's, uh, he replied to your tweet, and he was like, but MMA casuals be like, yeah, go. that was fuck, dude. I laughed out loud at that. that. So That's who bought that fight. It was genius by Floyd to do that, man. Genius because he made a ton of money, and then a lot of people, a lot of boxing people, made a ton of money in Vegas that week. It was great. They want to do it again. You know, everyone in boxing will will love it because we'll make a ton of money. It's just how it is. All right, Jack. I'm gonna let you go, brother. Have a good one, man. All right, awesome, man. Yes, stay safe. All right, bro. You too. All right, let's go to one last call here. We got one more call, guys, and then we'll wrap up this chat now that I've triggered the entire world. I can't wait to see the reaction from this one. Uh, 901, you're on. Go. Yeah, Mike, how you doing? This is Ceylon. Um, Ceylon, what's up, man? Well, I'm sitting at this uh, supply house waiting on a uh, place that uh, just fabricated me from some storm windows, and I'm waiting to load them up and get them off to a construction site. Anyway, I'm I'm a I am a bit concerned about all this uh, Wilder boxing glove stuff. You know, I I don't buy the boxing glove thing. I, I think Fury would break his hand if he was somehow sticking his knuckles through a hole in it and other stupid things. But but I am worried. I saw a video by a crack investigative journalist from Egypt called Young Pharaoh or Little Pharaoh or something. And there's also a guy called I think Barbershop Animals or something like that. <laughs> And these guys say, and some of these guys are saying that Wilder's own team drugged him. So with, since, since you got, since you are actually, I know you're old media, but from yeah, what yeah, I can tell, old media, media is, is actually part of the boxing press. Oh, God damn. Oh, you, you, need, you need to act right now to tell Wilder that his own people drugged him. Yeah, Somebody's to got him. to tell Wilder. Mark Breland, who was, you know, uh, the Manchurian candidate for Anthony Durrell to throw in the towel, he also drugged Wilder just as, you know, a safety precaution. Man, are they really saying that? Dude, I, uh, I, I you know, that, that guy you mentioned, yep. since you yep. mentioned his name, the guy from, uh, quote, unquote, from Egypt, LOL. I saw a tweet. Somebody forwarded me a tweet. And he DM'd He'd me a tweet today. Magician. Yeah. Someone DM'd me a tweet from him today. And I looked at it, and I just clicked on his Twitter profile, and I'm looking, and I'm like, this dude has over 10,000 followers. I have uh, just just under 10,000 myself. This dude has more followers on Twitter than I do. 
And he just started covering boxing, quote unquote, you know, three minutes ago. My dick has been covering boxing longer than this fuck. And he's got more Twitter followers, you know, and I'm like, how does this happen? And it's not jealousy. I don't give a shit. I'm, I get paid for writing articles for Ring Magazine. I don't need YouTube. I do this as a separate thing, right? But it amazes me how these guys build up followings with this bullshit. But that is what some people out there want. You know, they have a certain worldview. They have a certain uh, point of view on the on things. And they want that confirmation bias fed. And if you give that to them, they will eat that shit up. And, you know, if you're kind of in the middle and you try to be moderate and objective, you don't really have a side to play. And that's where I'm at. I don't have a card to play in this. I don't have a horse in the race, you know, uh, with Wilder and Fury. I write for Ring Magazine. That's an American publication. I work with Boxing Monthly. That's a UK publication. I don't have a horse in this race, you know, but most people do. So I can't remember who made the claim, whether it was in a video or in the comment sections. But in the comment sections, the discussion was centered around uh, in one of these videos that Wilder was drugged by his own tape people and somebody needs to tell him. Jesus Christ. Um, and just... so I'll tell you what, man, if you got, uh, I, uh, uh, if you have the mystery machine and can find Scooby-Doo, I, <laughs> I suggest you haul ass up to, uh, to, uh, Al Heyman and tell him what really happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then pull the mask off and see who's really behind the mask. Right. There you go. And look, man, for the record, I'm a huge Wilder fan. You can, if you watch Wilder fights on YouTube, you can see me in the audience going batshit. He's my favorite heavyweight. I love it. But, uh, Man, I, did, I didn't like seeing him take that whooping from Fury. I thought he, I was totally wrong. I thought he was going to knock him out. I thought it happened around the eighth round or ninth round. Man, was I wrong. But, hey, I want to see a rematch too. Yeah, and, and for the record, a lot of people are writing him off in that third fight and, and thinking that Fury is just going to trample right over him. I actually think it's going to be competitive. I, I mean, um, kind of, you know, what was it, the second round where he got dropped – his equilibrium was a little shot third. after that, right? Was it the third? Okay. Third. Um, you know, I, he, think, I think it was the third. I can't remember for sure, but I mean, his legs, you know, it, it wasn't the fucking suit, guys. His legs look bad after that. No. And I just think that he was concussed from that moment on. And um, I, Dude, I he thought. He looked awful for the rest of the fight. Yeah, yeah. So it was similar, similar, different, but similar in some ways to AJ. Ruiz, where AJ was, you know, just kind of out of it from, the, I think, the third round on when he got dropped. is the same thing with Wilder. Um, so, look, I, I, I would rather see Fury fight Anthony Joshua, of course, but I understand that the contract is set. We're going to get these two guys fighting again, Wilder and Fury. Because of the corona outbreak, it's going to get pushed back to later in the year in the fall. It could be October, November before they fight again. But so far, look, that rematch – was good. There were dramatic moments in the first fight. It's going to be a good fight. So I look forward to it. I'll give you the last word, brother, then I got to let you go. Well, I say that I hope Wilder coming off a loss now has nothing to lose and can really win or lose. I hope that Wilder redeems himself and really tries to whoop his ass. I want, I want to see him go for it. I hear you, man. I do too. Look, he can absolutely redeem himself in that third fight, win, lose, or draw. It's all about how he fights. Thanks a lot, Salem. I appreciate it, man. Great show, Mike. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. All right, guys. Um, whew, that was it. So I got to get back to work here. This was an impromptu little rant. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And look, 
I'm going to recap a couple of things real quick, okay? I want to be very clear about this. This was not an anti-Tyson Fury rant. This was not an anti-Deontay Wilder rant. This was not anti-anything more than opportunistic hacks on social media who are now jumping on this story like they gave a shit three, four years ago because they didn't. That's who this was against. And I'm not going to name anybody by names. You guys know the freaking names, so I don't have to. And I don't want to give them a platform. Some of you guys have asked, why don't you debate some of these guys and just destroy them, just eviscerate them on your channel? I don't want to do that because it gives them a platform. Even though they might have more subscribers than me, some of these guys, they might have more uh, followers than me, whatever. They're not legitimate. They're not considered legitimate fight press. And putting them on my profile gives them a, a little tad of legitimacy. I'm not going to do that. The best thing we could do, I think William said it best. If you're going to retweet one of these guys to troll them, save screen it. Don't retweet their tweet. Don't give them the traffic. Don't give them the uh, Twitter impressions. Hashtag or uh, hashtag it. Screenshot it and tweet that to make fun of these people. But the absolute best thing you could do is just block them, block their channel, block their Twitter, and just ignore them. If we ignore them enough. They will go away. They'll have their own little underground cult, but that'll be it. Some of these wilder people have hit, I'm not going to say the mainstream, but they've hit boxing Twitter in general, right? So uh, that's a big deal. It hasn't stayed underground. Some of the shit has bubbled up to the surface of actual mainstream boxing Twitter because too many people are retweeting their shit. Just ignore it, man. Just ignore it. So look, in, in summary... I personally believe Tyson Fury was doing some nasty, shady shit back in 2015. I think there's enough circumstantial evidence for us to see that and physical evidence. And UCAD completely dropped the ball. Had they reported what happened in a timely manner like Vada would have done, the fight between Klitschko and Fury would have never happened. Think about that. Think of how much that would have changed boxing history. Had that fight never happened... Fury's fights against Deontay Wilder wouldn't have happened because he wouldn't have been worth the risk for them. The reason they went after Fury is they thought they were going to win, of course, but he carried the legitimate, in their eyes, right, lineal claim because he had beaten Klitschko. That branding is what they needed to help build up Deontay Wilder's name. It's not that different. Well, it's it's somewhat different, but it's somewhat similar to the way they used Mikey Garcia's name to build up Errol Spence, like they're about to use Leo Santa Cruz to build up Javante Davis. This is Boxing Business 101. Tyson Fury, his life and the trajectory of the heavyweight division would be quite different if UCAD had acted responsibly. So UCAD's a shit show. Fury was doing some shit. We'll never know for sure. We can't change the results of his fights with Klitschko. We can't change it to a no contest or anything, but I'll always have a cloud of suspicion over that, and I'll always talk about it because I think it matters, okay? At the same time, part of Tyson Fury's redemption doesn't just include his uh, recreational drug use, his weight gain, his depression, and his you know time away from the ring and all that. It includes him sitting using performance-enhancing drugs, and then becoming a clean fighter. Also, improving. He looked improved in that rematch against Deontay Wilder. And that's a huge win for him. All things considered, 
Vladimir Klitschko, much better opponent, but because we know for sure that he was clean against Wilder, I rate that as his best win. The Deontay Wilder win, because there's no controversy, regardless of what idiots tell you on social media, that's his best win, man. And it is part of his redemption story. And if Tyson Fury goes on from here to beat Wilder again and to fight and beat Anthony Joshua, maybe Alexander Usyk, and then retire, it is one of the great redemption stories in the history of boxing, if not in the history of sport. But you can't talk about the good without mentioning the bad, okay? It doesn't make you against a person to bring up all of the totality of their story. It doesn't mean that you're a hater. It doesn't mean you're a bad guy. It just means you're telling the whole story. And that's all I ever tried to do, guys. All right? So on that note, we're going to bounce. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share this rant. And I'll see you guys Monday on the Neutral Corner. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. All right? I'll see you at the fights.